Welcome to another episode of the Key Potential Success Show. My name is Falling Chua. I'm an entrepreneur, business strategist, real estate investor, speaker, also best-selling author, and every single day I help others unlock potentials and guide them to succeed. Today on the show, we have another fascinating guest on the show. We interviewed celebrities, entrepreneurs, business CEOs, multimillionaires, speakers, authors, um, real estate investors to find out their path to success, how they're able to overcome challenges and adversities, and of course, their keys to success. And today's guest is definitely somebody who can shine some light into that because he comes highly recommended by other uh, other guests that I've had on the show and other audiences. He said, hey, get this person on, get this person on. So I'm very, very happy and very excited to have him here today. He has over 17 plus years of experience in the real estate realm. Uh, he's done buy, fix and flips, uh, buy, develop and sell. He's done uh, commercial, multifamily, single family homes. He's done it all. So he's the expert of experts in, in real estate. And I'm very excited to ask him a few questions on that. Uh, he loves helping people put their money to hard work uh, safely in syndicated value added uh, commercial properties. He teaches them how to control their finances, teaches them how to invest. And of course, also how to analyze deals, which is so, so very, very important. So please welcome podcast host, author, real estate expert, Mr. Louis Salavaria. Thank you, Fong. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for having for being here. And I'm very, very excited to have you here because uh, you come highly recommended by lots of people uh, that I know, and especially those in real estate. Um, if you could please share with us that story, because I'm pretty sure you didn't come out of uh, your, your, your mother's womb and goes, you know what, I'm going to invest in real estate. So what's that, what's that story? How did you get into real estate and how did you make it so successful for yourself? Sure. So let me tell you the story. Um, I am Venezuelan. Uh, I was born in Venezuela and uh, back there I had the option, I had the, the privilege actually to, to read uh, Robert Kiryosaki's book, uh, Rich That Poor That, right? Uh, as I'm sure a lot of your audience and a lot of people, and I'm, I'm sure you have probably read it too, right? And when I first read it, I thought, this is interesting. I want to do something like this. But of course, reading to actually doing, it, it takes time, right? It takes time to, to, to get that mindset. So that happened more than 20 years ago. Um, I moved to Brazil uh, because of my wife's work. And that's, that's when I said to myself, this is it. You know, I'm, I, I don't know anybody here. Uh, I don't know the language. I don't know anything, but this is going to be it. I'm going to start right here because, you know, I don't know anybody either, you know, so they don't know me. And if I fail, you know, nothing done, right? No harm done. That's what I thought at the beginning. But then, you know, I started like applying myself, uh, looking for a piece of land, um, you know, looking for contractors. I started learning the, the language, of course, because we speak Spanish. I, I didn't speak Portuguese then. Um so it had it had this this journey had a lot of stuff that I had to overcome, but I just didn't want to listen to to that voice telling you you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna make it, you're not gonna make it, you don't know what you're doing. I didn't want to listen to that voice. You know, that's just just I don't know. That that's just me. You know, I I never try to listen to that uh, voice because if I do, or if you do, or if anybody does, then they don't get anything done. You mm -hmm. know, and, and that's how I felt. Um, so as I said, I found this piece of land, I built with this contractor, um, five houses, I sold them. It took a while, of course, because, you know, I took up, you know, some learning, but I did get them sold. Then we moved to a big city in, in Brazil, uh, Rio de Janeiro. And there the land was actually more expensive than in the little town that I was. So I had to pivot again. 
in real estate, but I had to pivot and I bought apartments in Copacabana, which is one of the, the well-known beaches there. And I remodeled that apartment and I sold it and I sold it really quickly. Hmm. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. So let's do this again. We started doing that and, you know, we ended up doing, I don't know, in, the, in this in this two years that we were there, uh, maybe 15 times, 14 or 15 times. We did the same uh, all the time, like, you know, perfecting the same formula, you know, to basically just fix and flip. At the time, I didn't even know this was called fix and flip. <laughs> I only learned it later, the term, I mean, you know. And um, so, so that, that was that part of the story. Then I also started learning about investing in property that was already being built, like it was new. So, so you could buy stuff at the beginning of 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 its cycle, you know. And so I did. We did that with several uh, new developments. Uh, I would say we bought like five or or, or six apartments that way. We, you know, we made a good chunk of money. And when I say we, it's always my wife and I. And uh, and then we moved here to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I really thought when I came here, I already had like five years experience buying and selling and building and all that in real estate. But then I got here and it turns out there is a whole world of things, you know, that I didn't even know existed, you know like options, like, you know, foreclosures, like you could buy stuff out of, out of like, you know, uh, or, or you could actually get to the people before they go to foreclosure, uh, uh, like tax liens and all this stuff. Like it was so new to me. And I was like, oh man, I got, I hit the jackpot, you know? So when I came here, um, I started learning about the stuff that I could be doing here in the US, right? And I was here always in, in Texas. I was in Houston all the time. I was in a little town as well uh, the first two years, uh, which is actually, it turned out really well for me because that's the two years that I had to learn basically about investing in the US. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as pretty as everybody says uh, on TV, you know, all these like fish and flip shows. Uh, if you know, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert, if you know about these shows, they're a lie. You know, they just tell you that it's like really easy. You know, you just find a property, you buy it for 150, you know, you sell it for 200, so you make 50. That's you, not you, the case. You mean, you mean when they renovate the place in 24 hours from beginning to end, it's it's not real? It's not true? No, I mean, like, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, but not even, not even, I mean, because sometimes they tell you, like, they took them, it took them, I don't know, two months. And you would see, like, the amount of work that has to be done, it takes a lot more than two months. <laughs> Because you have the experience, right? And then they're, they're talking as if, you know, they know what they're talking about. And I think they do sometimes. It's just like the TV environment tells them if it's going to take more than, you know, three, four, six months sometimes, mm -hmm. then it's not really worth it because people have to work. They have to have the mentality on TV, of course, they have to have the mentality of hitting the jackpot, of like winning the lottery, you know? And it's not that, that case. It's not the case at all. Yeah. You have to put in the work. You know, so when you put in the work, amazing things happen. Right. But that's what you and I know. That's not really what people that watch TV know. Mm -hmm. And that's why they only watch TV. Exactly. Because they don't <laughs> want to do anything. They just want to watch TV. Right. Now, if you want to watch TV and do something else, follow me, follow Fong, follow people that actually do it. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. You know. So anyway, so so 
I got here, I started, uh, you know, I found a partner, uh, you know, to, to flip a house. Uh, we ended up losing that house. Uh, I, I ended up basically trusting the wrong, the wrong person uh, as a partner. That's also a lesson there. Uh, you have to choose your, your partners, you know, wisely. Um, not just anybody that you meet at one of these, uh, you know, RIA events or, or like real estate association events. Is, you know, that's what the RIA stands for. And uh, and anyway, so I, I lost that money that I gained experience of basically knowing what not to do uh, after that. But and then I carried on. I, I just carried on. I never stopped. Mm-hmm. I guess if you've heard this before, if you haven't, I'm going to tell you anyway. But I think. The only way that you can actually lose money on real estate is if you just stop. Right. You know, there are a lot of other avenues out there like crypto, like stocks, like all that, which you can actually make a lot of money, but you can actually lose a lot of money as well. Mm. And once you lose it, that's it. Basically, you go bankrupt. You have to stop. Whereas here, there is always another opportunity, you know? So if you don't stop, you're always going to get your money back and then some, mm. you know? So that's how I feel. That's what I've seen in real life, you know? So that has taken me all this way into buying, you know, single families, uh, renovating them, selling them on as uh, flips, but then also buying and holding property as rentals. Mm-hmm. And then also pivoting from there to short-term rentals like Airbnb, so we also bought a bunch of Airbnbs or properties that we basically just uh, held as Airbnbs. Uh, and now we're in the process of selling all of those small properties because we are now getting into bigger commercial properties, mm. meaning you know multifamily units or uh, warehouses or storage or you know, land and, and stuff like that. So that's basically my story. That's kind of where we are, mm. where we are right now, what we're doing. Well, well, first of all, I can tell you that I also have a library of purple books of real Robert Kiyosaki stuff. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people else does. Like the whole shelf is purple. Um, that, that very first deal that you did, what? how did you feel? Because I'm sure there was a lot of, a lot of excitement. Yeah, sure. there's probably some doubt as well. And you have to overcome that, that voice that you said, uh, don't do this, don't do this. How did you overcome that doubt? Like, I, I know it's one thing to say, hey, I just don't listen to it. But there's it's another thing to really follow through and not listen to that voice. So how did you feel during that first deal? Yeah, what you're saying is right. I mean, I guess sometimes you do feel that that voice of not being quite, you know, right. Like, like you don't really know what you're doing. But... In my case, for example, I didn't accept that. I didn't accept any 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 voice telling me because I said, you know, I came here, I did this. I want to show those people that that you know that told me that I couldn't do it, or or that thought I, I was crazy, or that thought that you know, uh, whatever. Like my wife married somebody that didn't know what he was doing, or whatever. You know, all these all these thought, thoughts, you know, they came into my mind. I just didn't want to listen to them. It was painful sometimes, for sure. But I didn't want to listen to them anyway, because I thought, you know, I just want to get to the other side mm-hmm. of, of that uncomfortable uh, uh, place or, or painful place that I was in. Mm-hmm. 
you know so, so that's basically i convinced myself is what i mean i convinced myself that it, i had to be on the other side mm-hmm. because i i didn't i didn't want to lose i didn't want to like you know i didn't want to accept that mm-hmm. you know is there is there a, a a deal or a case or a a learning experience that you've gone through where it was the most painful experience you've ever had that you almost go, okay, maybe other people are right. Maybe I shouldn't have done this, but you still power through. Like give us uh, some context as the, as the most challenging one that you faced. Well, two years ago, just uh, in the middle of COVID, we bought a property right here in Houston. It's 17 units. Um, so it's a multifamily, right? And it, this is actually was this actually was our first multifamily property. Oh wow! And when I bought it, um, I, I just I just took the plunge. I, I said, you know what? Let's just do this. Uh, I got a bunch of investors. These were my friends. These are actually my friends um, and people that know me. They trust me, and and they wanted to invest with us, right? So we did that. And after closing, we found like a bunch of problems. You know, we had a, fr- a, a flash freeze that actually broke a lot of pipes. A lot of people had to be like relocated. Uh, basically, I would say most of these people, like more than 90% of these people that were living at the, at, the, at the complex were in pain. And because we were coming out of COVID, they supposedly had uh, like agreements like forbearance or whatever, and they had all this money coming in from uh, agencies like tar- charity agencies, agencies and, and people that wanted to help, right? It turned out that they, this was a fraud, so mm-hmm. it wasn't really true. Oh, well. So I had to cover all those costs, all, all those costs of basically just paying the mortgage every month, right? And paying for people to move out and be in hotels because it was like, you know, uh, the, the pipes were, were frozen, basically. And no money was coming in wow. and this happened for like a period of months so it really it really was a test to to um to basically still be here and and you know a test of resilience and a test of you know this is what i need to do i need to just have a, a cold mind uh, be you know perseverant enough and rely on my wife as well because, you know, you definitely need somebody there to help you, you know, even if it's just to tell you that it's going to be okay. Mm. And and right now, I must say, like two years later, uh, even though we've had, you know, we've encountered, I don't know how many problems that you can think of, and we had them twice, you know. So, uh, but right now I can tell you that everything has turned out to be okay. Everything's better. Even the inspectors that from the city that know this property or that knew this, the property before we got it, uh, they came recently and, and they said, I mean, I don't know what you're doing to the property. I don't know who, who manages this property, but I can say as an inspector, because we've been here before, that this is completely different to what it was before. Mm-hmm. So just hearing that <laughs> from a person that knew the property before that that's really something that really gets to my heart. It's like, okay, finally, I'm, I'm getting, you know, to the place that I want to be in, especially in that property, you know? And again, that doesn't deter me. It's learned, you know, I guess I, I've learned to just go with it and, and just follow through, mm-hmm. you know? It's been difficult, for sure, for sure, you know? 
when you hit when you when you get that call from either your property manager or or one of the tenants saying you know we had this we have that you know we have this issue and these are not like normal issues it's like oh man you know what now you know what do i have to do what do i have to deal with you know mm. but then again it's like now when everything's like going forward it's like like riding a bike at the beginning you're going to fall you're going to fall a few times you don't you know you're, i mean you're going to sc scrape your knees your elbow elbows or whatever but you just like get like get up again stand up ride that bike again and by the end you're going to be like oh i can do it now you mm -hmm. know and now i can do it you know like this like that or even faster uh so you're you're losing the fear of 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 that moment and at the same time you're actually moving towards you know something bigger mm. and that's how i feel right now well awesome um and of, of course when you go above and beyond to do the right thing get the property back in order uh take care of all your tenants you're building even stronger relationships with the tenants with the building inspectors and then next time the building inspectors are okay I've worked this with, with this person before. I know he's got a handle. Even your tenants are probably very, very happy with uh, being at their properties because knowing that you're going to take care of them. And yeah. they'll probably be like tenants for life for uh, coming back to you again, again with referrals with their family and friends to come see if there's other uh, rental properties from you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also, you know what, Fong, is something to do with, like for my wife and I, it's something to do with integrity. Mm -hmm. It's always about integrity, you know? When, when I mentioned that, issue with uh that partner that in the end you know he wasn't the, the best to be partnering with um uh, that issue was just because he didn't have integrity right. right and now i feel like i know okay this is the point the key point that you have to have is integrity right and a lot of people talk about it but they don't necessarily show that they have integrity mm -hmm. you know and integrity for me is just doing the right thing all the time and it doesn't matter if people are watching you or people are not watching you. It could be just by yourself. I mean, you could be by yourself. You just have to think about what's right and what's not right and do the right thing, you know? And if you do that all the time, people that may want to work with you, they're going to see that too because they see that, you know? So as you said, even the tenants see that. So when you go to a tenant and say like, hey, you're not really doing your part right i mean if you have to you know move out or whatever just tell me so i know right and in it's also like goes both ways right so if you want to do something for me or or if i you want me to do something for you that can be arranged too because mm -hmm. we don't want you to go through something that you don't you don't have to you know for me that's just stupid like people that don't attend to the tenant's needs in the end, they suffer as landlords, right? Because people are not really gonna take care of anything, you know. If they don't care, like you know, if you don't can, if you can come or send somebody to to help you with the AC if it's too hot, for example, and the AC is not working, and if you don't feel that like the managers or the property managers or even the you know the actual owners, they don't care. Why would you pay anything? Why would you make the effort of at least taking care of the, that unit? You right. know, they don't really care, right? So if they see that you care about them, they will at least in return care about you and the property itself, mm. you know? So that's what I've seen as well. So you have to make that those connections and those, you know, partners, I guess, even if they are just tenants, right? Right. They're paying, 
so they're customers as well. <laughs> exactly. Now, your attitude and the way you deal with your tenants or work with your tenants also reflect on how you work with your partners and your uh, money partners and whoever in, is investing with you, because they, they will now know that, okay, you're a person who will take care of them. You're the person that will do the right thing. The deal may or may not end up the as, as great as you might think to begin with, but you know for sure that you're not cheating somebody else out yes. or you're not making somebody else feel, feel bad. You'll do everything that you can to make sure that everybody who's investing with you is being taken care of no matter what. So that's that's a great thing to to see because there's not a, not everybody out there is doing that. They they might go, well, too bad, you're lost, you invested, you know the risks, uh, too bad. Find something else, right? Um, when it comes to to your your career here, you you talked about okay, I I don't accept that I can't I can't do this or somebody tell me that can't be done and you keep on pushing forward. Did you also have somebody that you could bounce ideas off of to reassure you that yes, this is the right way of doing it. Yes, this is possible. And just kind of like a mentor, coach, guide, or somebody that you could bounce stuff off of. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I've had several mm -hmm. uh, along the way for different things for specific uh, uh, techniques. And also like business uh, in general and and real estate itself. So and I've realized also that be, be, like before having those people in my life, I realized that you're paying either way, right? You're paying for the experience, or you're paying for a mentor. Mm. So, and I've seen that it's always better to pay for the mentor because the mentor is going to tell you, you know, this is going to happen if you do this, you do that. That this is going to happen. If you don't do this, then something else is going to happen, right? right? Whereas before, I thought of myself as like, you know, I can do it myself. You know, I can learn and do it myself. That way I, I'm going to save that money that I'm going to pay the mentor, right? Mm -hmm. But in the, end, was, in the end, I was always paying. Like that deal with the, 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 the partner, there were the partnership going bad. I, I lost like 10,000 bucks there. Mm -hmm. And... For an investment of like like real estate size, ten thousand may not be a lot, but it's still ten thousand. It's right. not nothing, you know. And if you think about a lot of mentors that you can have, that you pay, you know, ten to fifteen thousand for those mentorships. I basically paid for a mistake, just one mistake. I, I paid basically the 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 mentorship fee that I could have paid another person to give me all the feedback before I actually went into that and actually saved me the 10,000. And the so emotional that's, pain. that's how it works, right? So and all the pain that and all the pain that you went through while that was happening. But of course, of course. Like, was there yeah. was there a uh, one thing that a coach or a mentor has has helped you out with? Did you go, "Oh, wow, I never thought of that" or "Wow, that would have saved me a lot." Well, there is not really one thing because I, I can think of many things actually. <laughs> but one thing that I've realized is that you have to put into practice what you learn, right? And like as soon as you learn something, you have to teach it to do that, to do that cementing in your mind, you know? Because if you learn something and you don't put it into practice, you're going to forget it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may seem really well, I mean, really good actually at the beginning. And, and you're going to be like all excited if you go to like, you know, one of these two day events or whatever, and you're going to take a lot of notes, but most of, of the people that go to these events, they just put the notes away and they don't even read them, you know, 
So then they don't ever put them to work or, or, or like, you know, to action, you know, whereas if you just take one and put whatever into action, at least once, then you're actually progressing. You don't really feel it because you're actually making these really small changes in direction, like one or two degrees, right? But in the long run, one or two degrees may go, may, may take you to your goal, or it may take you like you know thousands of miles away if you're not really like focused on 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 that big goal, mm-hmm. you know. And that's really one of the th- the key things that I've learned from one of my business uh, uh, coaches. Um, his his name is Casey Eberhardt. Um, one thing that I've learned from JT Fox, which is uh, another business real estate. Uh, type of mentor that I have is that how you do one thing is how you do everything, you know, and it may seem, it may seem trivial, but it's not, Hmm. you know, Uh, I've taught that, that passage to my kids. And even now my, my 15 year old, he's like, Hmm, now he's like thinking about like business wise. Right. But he's also thinking about, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So now he's helping more in the house, like mm-hmm. with chores, like with everything, you know, like laundry, whatever, you know, because he sees that he understands that how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So so that little passage is really changing how we do things here, at, you know, in, in my household. Mm-hmm. You no. know? Since you mentioned uh, kids and getting them involved, how early are you going to get them involved in uh, real estate and all that kind of stuff? Or are they already in it? Oh, they're already in. <laughs> they're already in. <laughs> so, so as I told so you... For, for, so when they go to school to do school projects, they talk about the deals that they're doing, eh? <laughs> no, no, but, 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 but here's the thing, right? I mean, like, they, they have learned from me since the beginning, right? Every time that I can, I always try to teach them something about anything. It doesn't have to be real estate. It's always kind of geared towards that because that's what I'm doing. But I want them to to understand that if, if, if first of all, life is just a game, you just have to play it, you know, whether you want to or not, it's it's a game. And and whoever doesn't want to play is, is going to remain in the, in the sidelines. But the game is being played anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, I don't believe it's a game, so I'm not going to play. It is a game, you know, always a game. And you have to play. If you don't participate, the game is still, you know, happening, mm-hmm. right? So I tell them that, and I've taught them that since since the beginning. Now the difference right now is that I'm taking my older uh, uh, child, who's 15, as I said, to these events as well. Yeah. So he's now getting to have that that ex- exposure to other people, not only me, right, but other people as well. Mm-hmm. So and I told the other two who are. 13 and nine, I told them that I'm going to take them too. As soon as they're a little bit older, I'm going to take them too, because I think that it benefits them even more than me. Because now I'm, I'm getting to a point where I get like a few things here and there, but for them, it's just a shower of everything, <laughs> right? Like, you know, like meeting people, like understanding the concept and being exposed to those things uh, at, at such an early age. I mean, I feel like, you know, if I was me, if it was me during that as, at the same age, I would have been something different right now. Mm. So I, I feel like like they could be benefiting from that too. Mm. One day in the future, 
you'll be working on this deal and then your one of your sons will come up to you and go, How come how come you don't do this? And you're like, <laughs> Oh man, you're right. <laughs> and that's what I've experienced that. <laughs> yeah, I've experienced that already. Oh, already. Wow. And it's like little things, right? Like little things that me being older, uh like sometimes that the technology is like for me, it's like already lagging lagging behind, you know? So I was watching this um, this um, class basically that one of my mentors gave about YouTube, right? And I was like, it, I incorporated my son to listen to that class. Mm-hmm. And then he suggested something that not even my coach was actually doing. And he said like, well, why don't you do this? Like exactly what you said, right? And what, I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Like, oh, that really makes sense, you know? So I actually took note. I told my coach and he was like, yeah, that really, made, that really makes sense, you know? So it's happening already. Uh-huh. And you when you, then you look at your, your child, he goes, see, that's what I taught you, to think outside of the box. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's, it's a lesson I'm testing you. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you. You've been helping a lot of people become successful in investing in real estate. Um, you, you mentioned that the game's out there. It's happening right now. But some people aren't tuned into that frequency, aren't tuned into that game and don't know the rules or whatnot. What's the most common factor that you've found that most people are struggling with to get into this game? You know what? One thing that not many people talk about in the real estate world is mindset. What they're lacking most of the time is just mindset. Because every time that I talk to some people, the ones that are really like ready to go, the ones that actually take action, they have gone through that mindset change on their own mm-hmm. right and they see that it's possible for them they don't know how or, or, or even where to begin but they know that they can do something right whereas other people that i've spoken with they don't feel the same they feel like well you know, that's good for you that's good for you like you're up there you know like really high i'm like really here you know like i don't know if that's that's for me you know and even if they do, they think that it's going to be for somebody else. But that's maybe for my brother. You know, my brother would really love that. Not me, because I, I know that I couldn't do it, you know? So I hear this all the time, you know? So I would say something that really sticks out as a quality, and not a good one, actually, is basically the, the lack of believing in themselves. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that really sticks out when, when, you, when you see those people that, Maybe they want to do something better for their lives and for their kids and for their family and all that, but they 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 feel like they're not they, they, they don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. That's and, how they and, feel. and that also fits with a lot of people who goes, well, there's no, I don't have money to do so. Well, that's a mindset. Oh, yeah, of course. Right, the mindset goes: once you don't have enough money or don't have money, you you close that whole avenue out, uh, close that whole opportunity out, and when you have the proper mindset then you're able to find out how you can do it. And that goes right into what you were talking about, believing in yourself, being able to do stuff, stuff like that. Now, uh, we also talked about relationships, uh, tenants, relationships, the relationships with you and your partners. Um, when it comes to building relationships within your business, not necessarily in the real estate area, but expanding your, your career, expanding your business, how have you strategically built strong relationships? What's some of the most key things that you do so that you know you have good partnerships going on or good connections moving forward and maintaining those relationships for a long period of time. Sure. 
let me let me answer it like this. Um, you have to do everything with purpose. So you have to have the clarity to get that purpose. And what I mean is that if you know where you're going, if you know that big goal, you know where to look for people and you, you know the right and the specific people that you want as part of your team, you know? So when I first started, I thought, okay, what? so what do I need to do to get more properties on the contract, for example, if I want to buy them as an investor? So I thought, okay, I, at the beginning, I thought I would, uh, you know, I could use a realtor. Okay, so I made a, a point to find a realtor that knew about the specific area that I was looking to invest in. So if you do that, that's just an example, but if you do that, then you're looking for that person, that specific person, right? So, so you're like enhancing your senses to find that person. Mm -hmm. So every time you go out to one of these RIAs or one of these events or one of these groups, you're always gonna be like, hey, so I'm looking for, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do this, right? So I need a realtor that knows about this area and, and can you recommend anybody? Do you know anybody? People that know about that area that are going to say, that's me, or they're going to say, I know such, you know, such, such and such, or, or I know this person or whatever. So that's how you approach it. Hmm. You have to be always purposeful, uh, like do it with purpose, you know, purposeful. And if you do that, at some point you're going to be like, I have all the little pieces in place, hmm. you know, and, and that's how I feel. When you do everything with purpose, you're able to find the little pieces that make up the, the whole of, of that puzzle that, that is investing in real estate. Right. Now, um, I know you work with a lot of different people from different backgrounds, different financial uh, capabilities and whatnot, uh, whether they're partner up with you on something very uh, engaging where they're part of it or they're silent partners working in the background and whatnot. Uh, what are you looking for right now? What's the best way for people to work with you, learn from you? How, how what, what are some of the things that you offer? So right now, uh, I decided to, to teach people about financial uh, literacy, I would say, and financial education. And I, I know that like Spanish speaking people, they're really being underserved in that area. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Uh, I have a podcast, I have a webinar, the, they're both in Spanish, but I want to serve that community and I want to help them more because I feel even if they live here, even, they, even if they speak English, I think they feel more comfortable speaking in, in, in their mother tongue than in English, right? Sometimes. Uh, so I have a bunch of friends and I have a, a bunch of investors that, that also speak only English um and and there is always a communication that that we can follow there uh, if you can just follow me or or connect with me uh, i'm going to give you the link to do that it's luis salavaria as as you know as you know my name and last name altogether.com/links so if you go to luisalavaria.com/links you can find me there you can connect with me and it doesn't have to be in spanish or in english it could be any 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 uh, of course, Spanish or English is better, but but it could also be Portuguese, for example, because I know Portuguese now since I was in Brazil, right? So, so if you wanna connect with me, just go there and just connect with me. I have a lot, of, you know, a bunch of channels there. Uh, there are also links for for a book that I wrote, 
and you know links for for like free stuff so there is a bunch of links there that you can actually benefit from if you just go there luisalavaria.com slash links that's how that's all i wanted to say because i mean you gave me that opportunity to share right um but like if you want to just carry on with the questions i like and answer you know, whatever. <laughs> no it's all good uh my last formal question for you is this uh you're being put on the world stage and you have a few minutes to share with the world one message that you want everybody to remember louis for what's that one message anything can be done if you apply yourself and, and it may seem again trivial but it's completely true mm -hmm. Anything can be done. I mean, I'm, I'm a true testament of that. You know, when I went, when I first went to Brazil, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any family there. I didn't have any friends there. I didn't even know the language, right? And I was there just because of my wife's work. So I wasn't there because I knew somebody or I had an infrastructure or anything, you know? So I said to myself, I, I, I put that goal there that I was going to be an investor, a real estate investor, even though I didn't have anybody there, I didn't have infrastructure, I didn't have any friends, I didn't know the language, I didn't know anything. So even though, or in spite of those things, I still went ahead and did it. So anything can be done if you just put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Just put your mind to it and just take one step. It doesn't have to go from like zero to a hundred. Just take one step, zero to one, just one step. Mm -hmm. That's what I would say. Well said and a good words to live by because that's very, very important. Uh, lots of people miss, miss, uh, misinterpret that information. Don't go out there and they take that step and uh, they just kind of become stagnant. So very, very important message there. Thank you very much. Now, before I let you go, I got five quick rapid fire questions. Give me the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. You're stranded on a deserted island. One food to eat for the rest of your life. No consequence. Coconut. Pardon? Coconut. Oh, coconut. Hey, it's already there. <laughs> I'll exactly. Exactly. Um, What's one sport that you wish that you could win the the top of top gold medal championship in? Swimming. Swimming. Um, Hollywood calls and says, hey, Louie, we love your story. It's such a great inspirational story. We'd love to do a biopic of you. Who would you play? Who would you cast to play you? Oh man, who would I cast? You got me there. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon shows up at your door and hey Louie, buddy, we I got casted to play you. Let's have some fun. Let's go out and spend some time together. And you say, hey, no worries. I got this night planned out perfectly. What does that night look like? Uh I'm gonna cook uh, or grill. For them, I'm gonna cook for him, for him and probably his family, and uh, we're gonna share, you know, while we have dinner. You know, that's what, that's what it looks like. What what's the what's that special grill item that you're you're cooking? Oh, picanha, <laughs> something that I learned in Brazil. <laughs> ah, very nice. Uh, last question. Give me a number from one to four. Uh, three. One, two, three. So, if you had to use sharks, okay, as a metaphor for success. How is success like sharks? Sharks are always moving to get their prey. You got to move. You got to move. Nicely done. Uh, thank you very much. That is how success is like sharks. Um, any last words that you would like to share? 
not really, but I want to say something to you, Fong. Thank you for having me here. It's really, you know, it's been a pleasure to be here. And also it's been a, an interesting one. You know, I, I've never had any, any like the rapid questions and all that. I've never had that before. And I, I, I enjoyed it. Awesome. <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> yes, it is. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, uh, everybody else. Make sure you connect with Louis, find his YouTube channel, connect with him. Uh, I'll put the link on the on the post here. And uh, obviously, he, he's a person who knows his stuff when it comes to real estate. If you want to learn from him, connect with him. Uh, and obviously, a person who is uh, very, uh, very, very honest full of integrity, somebody you definitely want to check check out. So uh, until next time, his name is Louis. My name is Fong Chua. Today is the day to lock your P potential. We'll see you later. Thank you.